Welcome, everybody. So glad to be here with you and to all the campuses who are uh, participating online today. So good to be together. We thought uh, it's a new theme year. We needed to do something new, so we decided dueling podiums felt right. Just felt right right today, right, right, Adam? Sounds right. We're not in a competition, though, you know. (laughs) But tell me if I won at the end, okay? (laughs) No, we we wanted to do something together to, to launch this year because... We got to see how the Lord really spoke to us in this last year to prepare the way for where we sense the Lord taking us this year. I think you're going to enjoy it. I really do. I think you're going to be challenged this year. I think you're going to sense the Lord at work. I think if you step in to this Arise and Shine theme year, you'll find that it'll be a year of growth for you, as I hope last year was, as we focused on Jesus, that this will be the natural outflow of what we saw the Lord do last year. So today, we want to share that theme with you in a little more detail, what it's all about, And we want to challenge you to come on the journey with us. Amen. You know, coming through the pandemic, Brian, Craig, and I were so excited to like hit the accelerator and see ministry take off again, to really get back to some action in the church. But I tell you, we knew that before that would be possible, we needed to reconnect with Jesus as a congregation and really unify our hearts. You see, like the pandemic had been like a somersaulting experiencing, almost like a dizzying experience. (laughs) There were so many things that were like vying for our attention, right? There were so many distractions. And if we're honest, we allowed so many things to tear us apart as Christians rather than bring us together. So as we really prayed, we felt the Lord was saying, I need you to spend a year and just fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Lock your eyes on Jesus. Get your hearts together. And so sure enough, that's what we did. We spent that year. And I tell you, for me personally, it was like a cup of cold water in a desert. Mm. It was so refreshing just to focus on Jesus. It was so, so needed. So in the midst of that year on Jesus, so many of you began to come to us and share about your experiences, sharing about what you were sensing and feeling and seeing. And Craig and I heard your hearts and we heard your concerns You know, I'm going to share with you a few examples of the kind of things that you would share with us often. For example, this one. I see people struggling all around me, but I feel more and more uncomfortable knowing how to talk about my faith at work. I'm almost scared that someone will ask me a question that I can't answer, Hmm. that they'll raise a social or moral issue and I won't know what to say, and then they'll reject me for what I believe. Does that resonate with anyone? How about this? I see what's happening in the world, and I don't know how to raise my kids to prepare them for it. I'm anxious. That relate with anyone? How about this? I see a lot of dysfunction and real concern in our nation today, and I don't see any good answers coming. Or, I don't really know how to articulate my faith anymore in a way that seems relevant. And then this one. What is the role of the church in today's world? What part do we play? You know, as Craig and I sought the Lord, and we asked him, what is it you want to do in Walnut Hill this year? We felt the Lord remind us of this significant phrase in Scripture, arise and shine. We felt like the Lord was saying, now is the time. Hmm. I love those questions, Adam. I, I think they get at the heart of what kind of drove us to get us to this place. And then when we looked at this wonderful passage that you've heard and also spoken out loud today um, out of the book of Isaiah, it started to unfold a bit for us. The context of this passage is 700 years before the time of Jesus, which is incredible in and of itself because, of course, we read in that passage this prophecy of the Lord Jesus coming. But imagine, 700 years before, and what we see in the history of Israel in that day is this 
terrible cyclical pattern that was happening where the people would find themselves fading away from the Lord, falling deep into sin, sometimes to the point of idol worship, but clearly far away from the Lord, from Yahweh. Then they would cry out to to the Lord, and the Lord would, of course, respond because he loved his people. There'd be some season of repentance, but then that pattern would repeat itself over and over and over again. And that's when that passage really comes on to the scene where the prophet Isaiah says, you are in darkness now, but a light is coming. So 700 years go by, and we know what comes next. A son is born. A son is given. The government would rest upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we sang about it today, didn't we? The light dawns as Jesus steps onto this planet. He is born. This is the baby that changes the world, changes the state of the the world then and from then on. And it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You know, way back in the early days of youth ministry here, Rob and I used that passage as the passage that we wanted to see our students grow in the way Jesus did. Because I love that passage. It's, It's beautiful. It talks about wisdom, in favor with others, a winsomeness, in favor with God and those around him. Powerful, powerful thing that happens in what Jesus does through his life. And then he begins his ministry. Listen to the way the, uh, the author John, in the book of John, describes what happened in his own words. John 1, 4 through 5. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And then the progression continues on. Listen to John 8, 12. It says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. I'm sorry, the light of life. Jesus is saying, I am that Messiah that was promised. I have come, and his light was shining. Then the progression continues. We see it in Matthew. We read this passage last year. Let me read this passage to you again. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this prophetic word of Isaiah from 700 years before the time of Jesus, it's playing out in front of the Israelites' eyes. Jesus was the answer to their troubles. He was commissioning them to follow him. Now, we know that not everyone understood that. We know that not everyone still understands it. But friends, for us, there's a calling upon God's people, and we are grafted into that that term, God's people, his children, And it goes all the way back, even before Isaiah's time, to to the Abrahamic covenant, which you find in Genesis 12. You will be a blessing, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And that covenant handed down generation to generation, even to us. That's the call of Arise and Shine, friends. To go on mission for God. It is the mission of God's people. It's to be the Lord's church. It means that we are to shine, to be a beacon, to be a lighthouse And that shining doesn't just come from our own efforts, does it? No, it comes from the Lord himself. He wants to shine through us. It's not because of striving. 
It's because he wants, as we surrender to him, to shine through us as we abide in him. Amen. So what does this mean for you and me? How is this applicable to Christian community? You know, Craig and I want to say this to you. The world is broken. I'll say that again. The world is broken. It always has been since sin entered it. And the world is still broken today. Look all around us. Just like Isaiah said, darkness indeed covers the earth. But we want to put you at ease. We want you to know that you're not crazy. (laughs) The uneasiness you feel in 2023 is real. The burdens you feel for the injustices taking place around the world are real. Exploitation, violence, neglect, homelessness, poverty, those are real. The burdens you feel for your friends and coworkers as they wrestle through life without hope, without direction, that's real. The weight you feel for our children as they wrestle with anxiety and depression at levels that we've never seen before, as they have access to the world at their fingertips, as they can see the brokenness of our planet 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I never had to deal with that when I was their age. It's a real burden. The confusion that exists today around things that you and I took for granted, like our identity, it's troublesome. The sense that our world fuels division, that it celebrates godlessness, that it's looking for all the answers in all the wrong places, it's real. And the strange reality that few people talk about or seem to care about what will happen to them when they die is odd. You think about it, so many of us spend our lives saving for retirement, talking to financial advisors, and yet few talk to spiritual advisors about what will happen when they breathe their last breath. It's crazy. You know, all of these things affect the world. All of these things are affecting you and me. And some of you feel discouraged. Maybe you feel burdened. Maybe you find that you lack motivation in 2023, or you lack hope. Maybe some of you want to fight. Maybe some of you just want to ignore it. We completely understand. But hear us clearly. God's answer to the brokenness is Jesus. Amen. He's always been the answer, the coming Messiah. And God's rescue plan in Jesus wasn't for him to stay on earth. God sent his spirit. He empowered us. He empowered his church. He told his church to go, to be the hands and feet of the Lord, to be his agents of love, to be messengers of hope, to be messengers of truth and grace. You see, we're called to shine brightly, to be the Lord's witnesses. God's plan was that for those who follow him, that they would gather together in community and experience his love together and then go to the world and share that love, to share Jesus Because God desires to be in relationship with every single human heart on this planet. And he'll go so far as to send you and me wherever he needs us. The prophetic call upon God's people, his church, is to arise and shine. And that calling continues today. And so starting today and going through June 2024, Craig and I and the elders and the staff we are praying for a move of God in our lives. Amen. We're praying for a move of God here at Walnut Hill, that we would be refreshed personally, yes, but that together we would be awakened, renewed, and ultimately set on fire for the Lord. Amen. That excites me. Say, this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when we thought about where do you go if you want to see that happen, 
in the life of a church. You probably could guess. The book of Acts, the first century church. What an exciting season in the life of the church. What can we learn from it? What can we learn from the book of Acts? So it's going to be the jumping off point for us this year. It'll be the place where we start our sermon series, and it will be a place we go back to regularly throughout the year. Many of our groups this year will be studying the book of Acts. I want to encourage you to jump into a group this year and go along on that journey with us. We're going to invite you to start a daily reading plan, which will start actually uh, next week, uh, and read through the entire book of Acts together. And we're going to give you a special tool to do that, and we'll talk about that at the end. You, know, you, can, you can see clearly in Scripture this arise and shine theme coming through the book of Acts and really coming through the whole of the New Testament. But it's important to look at the, the, the order of the words. Arise comes first. Why? Well, in the morning when you get out of bed, do you just roll off your bed onto the floor? I, I don't think so. And that, if you did it to this morning, that was an accident. That was not your plan. You had a plan to put your feet down, to set them firmly on the floor and get yourself up. And in some cases, maybe a little slowly. You might not have been real peppy this morning. I don't know. We're not all morning people. But you had a plan to get yourself up. And friends, we, we have to have a plan as a church to arise. You, because the arising is so important before the shining comes. We see that the preparation plan in Acts is a good one. And we want to see how it applies to us and how it applies to our church. So, so the arising journey for Walnut Hill this year is going to include sermons and focus on what, is it, what does it really mean to gather together as church? We shouldn't take it for granted. As I was driving in this morning, I had this thought to my mind because I drive from Waterbury to Bethel on a regular basis. And often I'll be talking to my wife on the way home and I'll say to her, every day, and she knows what I mean, traffic, every day, every day, except when? <laughs> Sunday mornings. I mean, I flew in here. I was going sort of the speed limit, but I got here f- quick. No problems this morning. Is this a confession time? Well, it's become one. <laughs> but my, my point is this. We, we have, in our, in our society, we've lost this passion to gather. Praise the Lord, you're here. Hmm. We want to reignite that passion. And we want to, for you, reignite that passion so that you want to see others gather as well in the name of Jesus. Because what an experience just to worship him this morning. Amen? Amen. How good to be in the house of God together. It's so good. We need to recapture the importance of gathering together, why we do it, how we do it, what happens when we do it. We also need to learn how to pray in a fresh way. Don't think this is going to be old hat. We always need to learn how to pray in different ways, but we want to re-infuse you with a passion for prayer in this season. It's going to be fun We're going to provide opportunities. There's going to be new places and times to do some of these things. We want to learn about that practice of repentance and why it's so essential to practice that step of repentance before we can go and shine. And we want to learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and sneak peek on early November, our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Clive Calvers, coming to join us for a Sunday morning to speak on that topic. That's going to be a lot of fun. We know that's his bread and butter, and he's going to bring the word for us in early November. And then, you know, many of us may be thinking, listen, I I care about this world. I care about what's happening in it. I want to make a difference. I don't always feel ready to shine. But here's the little, little thing that you ought to know. 
when we arise, the Lord shines through us. When we take the steps that we're, we are supposed to step, uh, take, he shines through us. When we arise, we experience God's love together. We arise from out of the weight of sin, don't we? That last song that we sang reminds us of that. We arise from under the weight of sin. The Lord helps us to arise. We discover our purpose as we arise, and we experience the contentment, the fulfillment, as we use our gifts for the sake of the kingdom. What a blessing to us. What a blessing to others. And then as we shine, the world experiences love, the love of Christ. We talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus, being the Lord Jesus to others. That happens as we shine. They, they see that the love of Jesus is real, that it's powerful, that it's life-changing. They learn about the difference that living God's way can make in their lives. They gain an eternal perspective. And friends, if you're here and you're surrendered to Jesus, how good is that eternal perspective? It's good, amen? Amen. It's good. And we want others to, to see it, experience it as we arise and shine. Amen. So what else is this journey going to look like together? You know, as we learn to arise, we want to create space for what we're calling courageous conversations. Mm. You know, Craig and I know that you have a lot of questions about what does it look like to live in today's world for Jesus. And so we want to create space where we can talk about these things and hear from each other. Let me give you some examples. How do we as Christ followers live godly lives in a world that has completely different values? Let's talk about it. What role do we as believers have in positively influencing our communities? Mm. It's a good question. You know, last week here at the Bethel campus and online, uh, we shared with you a need at Hopeline. Hopeline is a pregnancy support center in Danbury, and they shared with us that they were short on diapers. They needed help. And so we came to you and we said, hey, can we supply just one month 6,400 diapers? We thought that was a lot. We did. And I want to tell you, Amazon truck after Amazon truck after Amazon truck started to come into the parking lot. We're estimating that 18,000 diapers have come in one week. <laughs> Is that crazy? It's great. It's crazy. And, and Adam, they're, they're even the right size, no adult diapers. Well done, people. Well done. Thank you. Listen, we're going to be contacting Hopeline with this problem <laughs> um, this week. That's like three months of diapers. And, uh, but hey, listen. Keep bringing them in as the Holy Spirit leads, because who knows how many he wants to give the hope line, but it seems like a lot. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Amen. What difference can we make? We can make a difference. Yeah. And so throughout this year, we're going to schedule times where we can talk about important issues. And we want to encourage you to get started now in your small groups with one another. Pray, seek the scripture. What would God have to say to us right now? You know, so many of Paul's letters to the early church had to do with helping navigate this tension between living in the world and not becoming like it. That's right. And so an important part of this year is going to be us offering equipping seminars, equipping opportunities, so that we can learn how to live in core and key areas of our life. Because there are so many influences pulling us away from God's best. That's right. So what kinds of things are we talking about? How do I strengthen my marriage? Have you ever been speaking to your spouse if you're married? and said something and wish you could grab the word back before it reached their ears? Just Don't me. look at me. Don't look Just at me. me. <laughs> Have the stresses and burdens of life ever competed with the romance in your house? Are you going through a really tough spot right now in your marriage? You know, as part of Arise and Shine, next year we're going to be having this awesome marriage conference, and it's going to help each one of us, no matter where you are in your marriage, it's going to help us have a stronger marriage. 
Amen. We also have a marriage team that's reforming, and they're looking at opportunities and how they can equip us. We need help on the team, too, so if you want to get involved, let us know. But listen, this is part of what it means to arise. Marriages surrendered to Jesus that are receiving new life every day, mm. right? How do I parent well? Do you ever feel like you've blown it with your kids? Just me again. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll admit it. <laughs> have you ever stepped into a circumstance and said to yourself, I have no idea what to do? Mm. If I haven't convinced you yet, have you tried talking to your kids about sex in today's world? It's yeah. pretty hard. I guess it's not. There's a lot of people in this room <laughs> are very happy their kids are out I of the know, house. I know. <laughs> but listen. Well, the grandkids. You might have to yeah. talk to the grandkids. Beginning in October, we're going to be offering a class called Conversations About Jesus, Sex, and Gender which is ideal for parents with kids of any age or any one of you who are interested in exploring these topics. What's the Christian worldview say? How do we talk to our kids about it? What does healthy sexuality look like anyway? Mm-hmm. How do I live in the world with truth and, truth and grace? We're going to be offering this on Tuesday nights. You can sign up on our website now for that. How do I make friends? What does friendship even look like? Good question. It's part of our sermon series. We're going to talk about that. How do I handle my finances, living within my means, handling debt, saving for the future, having a godly perspective? Mm. You know, time and time again, we saw that Jesus would talk about this tension between loving him with all your heart and not loving money, not giving in to the cares of the world and becoming overwhelmed. So what does a godly perspective on money look like in in, in today's world? A world where we're told we will never have enough and we should Mm. always want more. So we're going to be putting on an incredibly helpful financial seminar in the winter. This is for anyone, no matter where you are in your financial journey. We want to learn how to steward all that God has given us because a church that arises understands how to steward God's resources well. How do I use my time well? You know, one of the things we hear probably most as your pastors are when you come to us and you say, I just don't have time for the most important things in life. I don't have time for the Lord. I don't have time for my family. I don't have time for my friends. I certainly don't have time to volunteer in the church. I don't have time to volunteer in the community. You know, what's interesting is when you share these things with us, we can hear the ounce of regret in your voice. Mm. Sometimes it almost sounds like a confession. Because let me ask you this. If we don't have time for the most important things in life, does that sound like the abundant life that Jesus talked about? Mm. No. So we're going to talk about these kinds of issues this year. How do I share my testimony with others in a way that will really make a difference? How do I share the gospel, the story of Jesus in today's world? What does that even sound like? You know, a few months ago, we took a church survey, and it showed us that about 50% of us do not feel comfortable sharing the gospel in today's world. And actually, I think there's far more, than, more yeah. of us than that. Mm-hmm. And so as part of our Church in Action Week this year, we're going to have a seminar, a workshop on how do you share the gospel? Because it's vital. Amen. A church that arises knows how to share the good news of Jesus. Yeah. Church, throughout right. this year, we're going to be offering all kinds of areas for you to be equipped in key areas of life so that you can live. Are you ready for this? So that you can live la vida abundante, the abundant life that yes. Jesus talked about in John chapter 10, verse 10. I want to tell you something, Craig, I haven't told you yet. Okay. On Friday, <laughs> I personally bought the domain name for lavidaabundante.org. Nice. I did. I bought I it. it didn't cost too much. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> Although some of them did. Listen, you can go to lavidaabante.org and it's going to send you to Walnut Hill right now. 
Why? Because we're convinced that the abundant life is essential to what it means to arise and to shine. Nice. Yeah. I like Amen. that, Adam. I like that. Yeah. I like that, too. It was either kind of a spontaneous thing or a Holy Spirit thing. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. But listen, church, arising means this. The more authentically we follow Jesus, the more we allow his grace and power to transform us, the more humble we become, the more abundant our lives are, then the more Jesus, the Lord's glory, will radiate from us and the greater impact that we'll have. That's right. Well, we want to give you some perspective because sometimes you might think, well, is this, how do we do this? And is this actually still happening? Is the Lord still working in this way? And I want to tell you, one of my favorite things about being involved in our church in action ministry is we get to hear stories from around the world. So I reached out to one of our friends at Elam Ministries that has a real focus in Iran and the Middle East. Uh, Her name's Christina. Many of you have met her over the years. And I asked her for some recent stories of people who have have arisen and shined wherever they were. Here's here's a couple of them. In the midst of tremendous persecution, God is moving in Iran. When a trained Christian leader, his name was Murad, was arrested during a secret residential discipleship week, he was ready. He had always known that persecution was for his faith was possible and it was even likely. After a difficult period of solitary confinement, he was overjoyed to arrive on a general ward with other people again. During the three months he was there incarcerated, Murad found there was great spiritual hunger among the inmates. And he shared the gospel faithfully and regularly many, many times until he was released. And God moved. He moved in the hearts of those who were imprisoned. And he planted a fellowship with 40 members, Amen. most of them new, brand new believers while he was in prison. He didn't waste his time. Mm-hmm. Listen to another story. Qumran is his name. He, was a train, he is a trained leader in the country of Iran. He was doing a discipleship, walking a discipleship journey with a young believer, at least that's what he thought. But he couldn't shake the suspicion that something was a little bit off. Each time they took a step in a discipleship journey, Qumran's unease grew. He sensed there was something that this guy, Arvin, was hiding. After sharing with Arvin the the step that was really focused on the Holy Spirit, he received a call from Arvin. And he said, I need to tell you something. And his voice was wavering. Qumran kind of braced himself for what was coming next. Arvin said, I work for the government. I've been posing as a Christian to gather information, but it's been bothering me. (laughs) Now I really want to become a follower of Jesus. And Qumran was amazed, amazed. That night, he explained the gospel to him again, and he gave his life to Jesus. And he said, let's start the journey over again, because I want to do this as a follower of Jesus, so I can really learn, I can really grow. Here's the end of that story. Two of his hardline relatives, those like him, who are doing the same kinds of things, declared, have declared their faith in Jesus Christ and are now following him. What an impact they can have on those that they will be around. Amen. That is the gospel spreading in the midst of tremendous persecution. That is what we call arise and shine. Mm -hmm. One more story, Rwanda. We've been involved in Rwanda for well over a decade as a church with World Relief and all the work they've been doing post-genocide. You may know the story, but I'll just give you a little brief background. April 1994 through June 1994, more than 800,000 people were brutally killed in a terrible genocide. 77% 
of the Tutsi people were murdered. You hear story after story of, pe- of young ones, especially, seeing their family members killed, chopped down, literally. But in the aftermath of that violence, the church was so strong, so strong. Ministries like World Relief, so strong. We got to be a part of it through our support, our finance, through our prayer. And in the aftermath of violence, you can find, and I have heard, story after story of those forgiving, first of all, repenting, and then offering and asking for forgiveness. We see the forgiveness through Christ causing transformation in a place where you could have never expected it to happen. That is what we mean when we say, arise and shine. But it's not just overseas where the Lord is doing these things. Amen. What about America? You know, I want to take you back a few years and remind you of the rich spiritual heritage that we have. In 1726, at the age of 23, a young Jonathan Edwards was asked by his grandfather to become an associate minister at the church where he served as senior pastor. This was Northampton Congregational Church in Massachusetts, the largest church in New England outside of Boston. It was, it was a mega church for the time period, it had a thousand members. And Jonathan became like a ministry resident, much like we have here at Walnut Hill. Well, three years later, the unthinkable took place. His grandfather passed away, and the congregation invited him at the age of 26 to become the senior pastor. Jonathan became burdened, and he saw that his congregation and the community were out of control, is what he said. Drunkenness was common amongst the youth. It was noted that premarital pregnancy rates skyrocketed. At that time in New England, one in 10 pregnancies came from outside of marriage. And so Jonathan began to fervently pray. And he began to remind the church of the calling upon them. He told them that they weren't living in God's world, God's way. Mm. And he invited them to repent. Well, while it had a little impact, within a short period of time, a young man died. And as the town gathered for the funeral, Jonathan called them away from their sinful activities and called them to look to heaven. I want you to, want you to listen to this excerpt from Jonathan Edwards preaching on that day. This is Jonathan. Consider this. When others stand by your bedside and see you gasping and breathing your last, or come afterward and see you laid out dead by the wall and see you put into a coffin and behold the awful visage which death has given you, how shocking will it be to them to think that this is the person that used to be so vain and frothy in conversation. This is he that used to spend of his time and his leisure hours so much in frolicking. Sounds like, I hope that was not you, Adam. I hope that was someone from the 1700s. It's intense. (laughs) It's intense. Listen to this. As a result, the young people repented, and the community began to be awakened to their need for a savior. Interestingly enough, within a short period of time, another person Mm. died, and Jonathan Edwards delivered almost the exact same message. And all of a Mm. sudden, prayer meetings broke out across the city. All of a sudden, at all times of day, people of all ages were coming together and they were beginning to repent. Mm -hmm. You know, it was noted that the church began to wholeheartedly worship Jesus when they gathered. And then one day, a woman who was known as one of the greatest company keepers in town repented and turned to Jesus. As that story spread, more and more and more people began to turn to the Lord. Guess what the result was? It's noted in the history books that backbiting and gossip stopped, that taverns and bars were closed and empty, that church services were filled. 
A minister from Boston asked Jonathan Edwards for a report. He had heard what was going on. And Jonathan wrote a note in a booklet, and it became known as this pamphlet called The Surprising Work of God. That pamphlet crossed the Atlantic Ocean and got in the hands of a young George Whitfield who was preaching the gospel in England. George was so encouraged. Whitfield visited Jonathan Edwards in 1740, and Whitfield, Edwards, and others began to travel throughout New England preaching the good news. And guess what? A great awakening took place. It was noted that 50,000 people in New England gave their lives to the Lord. And that awakening began to spread across the U.S., Church, this shouldn't surprise us. The Bible says, if my people, that's you and me, if you and me who are called by the Lord's name shall humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then the Lord will hear from heaven, will forgive our sin, and will heal our land. Amen. The world is broken, yes, but Jesus is the answer, and he's calling us his church to respond. You know, there's no situation in this world that is outside of the Lord's hands if we respond to the Holy Spirit. And so today, Craig and I, we invite you to a by-faith moment to lean into hope and believe that Jesus can make a difference in your life. To believe and hope and know that Jesus can make a difference in his church. That once again, the church can arise and shine. And that as a result, an awakening is possible here in New England again even in our nation, even in your workplace, even in your neighborhood, Mm. even in your home. So we want to call you today to make a commitment to go on a journey with us to arise and shine in this year. So this fall, as we we launch into the book of Acts, we're going to learn some, some great things. And the way we want to start is to ask you to make that commitment by coming forward and receiving some things today. There's two things we want you to receive. I have them here before me. This is our Rise and Shine annual theme a booklet that's going to give you a lot of the things we just told you, a lot of the information of what's going to happen, the different opportunities to really get connected and go further. We want to encourage you as the worship team comes in all of our campuses to come and, and receive these during that last song. And then the second thing we want to give you, it's, it's something that I think you're going to really enjoy. Um, we want to give you this Acts, uh, this is the book of Acts in what's called the Filament Bible. What you're going to see in it is that you've got the, the pages of Scripture on the left side and blank pages on the, on the right side for your ability to take notes and journal and kind of work through this together. What you're also going to find in here is the daily reading guide that we've prepared for you that will start during, the, during next week. And we want to encourage us all as church to take one of these and begin that journey together. Won't it be fun to be able to be in the same pages of Scripture together through from now until February? I think it's going to be really powerful, powerful for us to do. Um, and then we want to encourage you just to continue to come with excitement. Continue to come and be with us week after week. So I want to invite the worship team to come and join us. And again, as I pray, I want to ask you to, in your heart, Say to the Lord, I, I hope you'll be able to say this, I'm ready to arise and shine this year. And then I want to ask you to literally arise. Get on your feet, and as the worship band starts to play, come forward and take those two items, that, that guide that's going to give you the sort of the roadmap to the journey this year, and that scripture book 
that you can take home with you. Tons of resources in here as well to help you really understand and learn and grow through the book of Acts. And then next week, we really launch into the book of Acts. I'm going to be here with you. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun to be studying together, seeing the Lord at work together. So let me pray for you. And as I do, I want to invite you to stand with me. Lord Jesus, we we thank you so much that you have given us a journey to be on, a journey that is, is the abundant life, la vida abundante. And we embrace it, Lord Jesus. God, we know that there are things that you've asked us to do, and we want to take those steps this year. Lord, we want to get into your word, really understand it, grow in it. We want to hear from you by listening to your word and listening to the voice of your spirit, learning how to hear from you in new ways and, and being able to respond well to, to you in our lives. And God, there's so many things that we, just, we need help with on the journey. We pray, God, that as a church, we would find this year an incredible year of being equipped for the journey at hand. So God, now as we take a step of faith, and it is a step of faith to say, I'm willing to to walk into a new journey this year. I want to pray that you will convict each heart to do this, not just as an exercise, but as a real step saying, Lord, I'm taking this step with you this year and with my church this year. So Lord, come and do a mighty work in us and through us that we may arise and shine. Amen.